Well, well he can't, can't hear right it now. now. Yeah, what if you just, just email me the album? We'll just listen to it. We'll do a live reaction to the album. <laughs> reaction, uh, reaction leak video. Reaction videos are hot right now. I mean, I, That's yeah. what's up. They could do that. How did, uh, how did the whole rest of the stream go there? It was, it was wild. Yeah. It was a wild ride. Mr. Toad's ride, wild ride. <laughs> yo, yo, shout outs to Disney. I'm going in a couple months. I'm stoked. Hey. <clears throat> yeah, it was cool. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, for, for before we get into all of that, um, into, we'll, we'll start the conversation there. But first, I think I should probably do this. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it, and thanks so much for listening. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and vitamin water in the fridge. Raise your uh, raise your cups, your glasses. Cheers to my friends. Hey. In one way or another, returning to the show for the fourth time making them technically, you know, start the beat goats in one way or another. Yeah. Ooh. Or the woats. My dudes. <laughs> Bars Blackman, Lazy JP, BB Guns, make some noise. Hey. <laughs> Greetings. Thanks, Salutations. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Grab the beer. Feel like I should have got like um like some toy rings and came in like I was MJ or something. Oh yeah, you could have been flossing Just... real hard. So for those of you that don't know BB Guns, they are a hip-hop duo based out of Pittsburgh, PA, where we are taping this lovely show today. Shout-outs to the Steel City. They have uh, just released a new album called Help Yourself, which is the main reason that they are here. I know the album's not out yet, but I think it will be out by the time this airs, correct? Yeah, it's out. It's out as far as the world's concerned. It's out in the world? No, not... Yeah. I'm confused. Not not in this timeline, when, at least. You see? <laughs> yes. It's out. Listen to it. It's out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they are a hip-hop duo based out of Pittsburgh, PA. They are, they've been on the show several times, either solo or together and whatnot. And uh, with all that being said, there really isn't a whole lot for us to dig into regarding you know, the history of the band. I know your stories. Yeah, I know where I'm you're coming from it. and all that stuff. But, you know, we uh, we, <laughs> we were at the top of the conversation. I mentioned that you actually just did a 24 hour live stream to promo the album. Yeah, and I did. I did do that. That, well, that, that was fucking crazy. That's such a good idea. And I want to know how that went for you. You yeah. had me. Thank you, by the way. I was there. I performed some songs oh, at two o'clock yeah, in the almost, afternoon. I, th- I forgot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was. Right. A, I was a small part of your day. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. Um, I think I set it up pretty pretty well. Uh, it wasn't. I, I don't know. It wasn't that hard. Like it wasn't as hard as you think it would be. Because like you, I don't know. You've probably done it all night or before. You've gone out, you know, with friends partying or whatever, and you were out till like five. It's only just a few hours longer than that. Um, uh, just having spacing out people throughout the day to keep me entertained or to give me breaks. Like when there was musical guests, I could walk away. Was there any like one standout moment from the day that was like either like really awesome or like really terrible? <laughs> nothing was terrible. <laughs> nothing was terrible at all. Uh, nothing was terrible at all. I guess I was getting a little little cr- cranky at the end with Richard. <laughs> it was like two a.m. to five a.m. and he was like, he brought this like big sack of games. We had three hours to play after like Logan just did his set and hang out for a little bit and left. And uh, 
And I just like, he kept suggesting stuff and putting stuff in. And I'm just like, I don't like this. I don't want to play this. It was like, I was just over it by that <laughs> point. Um, yeah. But it's, but honestly, it was really fun. I think the best part was uh, Logan, Logan sound came and then um, Joel was on the, the ch- voice chat. And um, I think uh, TJ might've been our friend. TJ was on the voice chat. And then Econo miles came on the voice chat and we were all BS and having a good old time um, and cracking jokes. And I was uh, just giggling. Yeah, it was uh, great. It, it was, was a really time. good, really fun time. I don't know how entertaining it was, but at the end of it, um, Logan was playing beats and Econo freestyled through discord. <laughs> on the beat and it was pretty fucking cool that's awesome it's like i'm i'm most impressed that we can do that and it like you know without too many latency issues and it can work yeah that's I, you know, the wild part I'm, yeah shouts out to good internet um i'm glad i pay for good internet um but uh, but yeah i felt it felt like feels like running a tv show and it's amazing that it doesn't take that much like my equipment isn't that high end like you only need a few you know a couple hundred bucks and you can you know have a you can do this. oh yeah you it's do the same thing. it's really really crazy how uh accessible really good technology is nowadays and it's okay. funny because shit that we'll complain about nowadays is like oh you know that doesn't look good 10 years ago we would have probably been throwing out like 500 bucks for that shit and i remember the tiny little videos like they were super, and they were like so pixelated. Uh-huh. You watch a music video on like Windows <laughs> Media Player, yeah, or like you have a like the CD, like enhanced CD. I was gonna say that enhanced yeah. CD. I remember I had a Backstreet Boys one, and there was a music video, and it was just like eight pixels. Was that your first enhanced CD? Uh, yeah, I guess InSync and Backstreet Boys were like yeah. the only two that I had. Yeah, I remember my first enhanced CD was Corn's Life Is Peachy. Wow, and uh, I remember there was like, it was the first time I ever saw, they had like a little enhanced CD. They had a logo that they put on yeah, the back of like CDs an ECD, yeah. and I had never seen it before. And I remember seeing it and, uh, I didn't quite understand what it was. And I saw a thing about like, you know, to play the CD in your computer, you need certain things. And I had no idea what was on the CD. All I knew was if I put the CD into a computer, something would happen. So I remember I didn't have a computer, so my grandma took me to the library so I could put this corn CD. That is an the, excellent story. In the library computer, Help and then watch this. And it had a, it had a it had a music video for that uh, all day I dream about sex song on it. Oh man! And it's so Ooh, funny because like grandma. the first the first scene in that is like a it's like a crime scene. Yeah, it's like you know yeah. like like somebody like pushing a dead body on a stretcher, and I was like you know I was probably like nine or ten. My grandma was off the chain though. She's like she didn't give a shit. She took us to Did go she see. She watch it. She didn't watch it she wasn't paying attention but she was like the type of grandma that like we could listen to icp around her and she thought it was funny and she took us to go see oh yeah she took us to she was the only uh parent that would take us to go see the south park movie when it came out so she was our guardian for the south park movie she thought she thought it was funny you know she got it she she liked cartman my grandma was a cartman fan um i like it yeah, sounds like a cool, cool granny. Yeah, my grandma would never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirley yeah. would not have gone to go see I could probably South Park talk, Yeah, I could maybe have talked my grandma into it, but she would have felt, yeah, she would have felt weird about it. I did finesse my granddad into buying me Doom, though. Okay. He bought me really? Doom, yeah, he bought me Doom 3 for my birthday. Oh, Doom 3? Wow. And I went home. I went home. How did you, he, how'd you pull that off? I was just like, 
hey, it's my birthday. Can you take me to the store to go get a game? He's like, yeah, okay. So I went ahead. And my birthday's in August. So this was like still like, you know, just go first thing in the morning, like before school, Uh come back in. And I just went ahead and that's the game I picked. He was just like, are you sure you can have this? Your mom's okay with that? I was just like, yeah. She said it was fine. Trust me. It's great. (laughs) And then then there was, this is, I was probably, um, was probably like, 11 12 maybe 13 at the oldest at the time and i he went upstairs because they didn't have central air for a long time so my granddad had a window air conditioner in his room so he'd run away in there in the summertime and it got too hot leave the rest of us to fucking die in the living room and (laughs) it got hot it got real hot in that house and i like closed all the blinds like turned off all the lights i mean like as dark as i could i'm sitting there like like shitting myself playing doom yeah that was a scary game that was it was because it, it was like super it was like all jump scares because it was like super dark yeah. and it was mostly just like yeah and you couldn't just have like couldn't put the flashlight on your gun because that would be too simple right so you have to like have your flashlight oh shit there's something switch boom Shoot now it's dark. pitch black i don't know where anything else is coming but i love that game they made a version <laughs> Hell yeah. they made a version later where they they put a flashlight on the gun yeah it was a mod on the pc or the bfg edition time. the bfg edition yeah they put that. the flashlight on the gun yeah it's, it's not no it's not the it's not the pure experience well, we used to play co-op on it and then one person would just hold the flashlight and the other person oh. would go ahead and, hold the gun. and that's how you re- and then if you had like boss fights were always fairly well lit for that game at least so you didn't really need the flashlight for that but for a, there was a i remember there was especially a part in the beginning where this whole area was pitch black like there wasn't any sort of light at all you couldn't even see like the red flashes whenever like shit would appear okay and you would you had to otherwise you you would either fall or get jumped yeah dude had coming to. up i didn't i was never a big first person shooter growing up or ever honestly i was when i was younger and now i hate them really yeah i don't know i just never it never appealed to me like Did i'm you? anti now like okay I just, okay all right i get it you know we don't we don't got to st- start any controversy <laughs> with with uh you know first person shooters i don't want to create a rift between the bb guns and no, my dad uh, shooter hatred my dad uh <laughs> played the original doom on both okay. and wolfenstein the 3d a lot so I, that was like one of the fir- my earliest game memories so i'd watch my dad play it um and then I eventually, that was like one of my first games that I got to play. And then, then like Quake and Unreal Tournament. And then Halo was like a big thing at my sure. school. There was like Halo lands were like a big part of a certain thing in my life where like everyone would try to see whose parents that they could con into letting like eight kids come over their house. And like pizza and play Halo. Ten, honestly, we try to get up to 16 people and, and they wouldn't even know. I tricked my dad once. I was like, yeah, can just have a few friends over? We're going to play some games. And then people just kept coming. Hell yeah. And the next time, next like a kid with the TVs walking up, like another kid with a, like an Xbox and a TV, like that that was this the shit like we would uh, like I was terrible at it, but you'd have two two rooms the door you know there'd be a wall separating so you the two teams could talk and you couldn't hear the other team unless someone was screaming and it was awesome but then online okay. gaming came and all that shit stopped yeah is that what you think that was that, that killed it I maybe I don't know I like I, I don't really I guess I don't uh, I think the internet killed a lot of social interaction in general. But, well, you yeah. still interaction, but uh, it's just not, get, the same it's different. not being like, good at the game didn't matter to me when I was playing with my friends. Okay. 
in real life, but when it was like getting killed by strangers every day, it wasn't fun to me anymore. Sure. Sure. So I like RPGs cause I can just take my time and make choices. Yeah. I was always a lot more into RPGs and fighters and I like final games, fantasy. Like that. Yeah. I like, I mean, I did like RPGs always too, but there was a time where I were f- first person shooters were like right up there. I think it makes sense if it was like, you know, like you, the group of people that you were around when you were growing up, if they're, if they were into it, I think it's really easy to kind of get mm-hmm. into it. I had some friends that were getting into halo when it came out, but that I, that came out, I think right after or right before I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was already like working and starting to get in the music and I think oh, I just yeah. kind of missed it. I feel like if something like that and my friends would have gotten into that, just a few years earlier, like if I was like 16 and we had nothing else better to do, I probably would have been eventually gotten all in on that shit. When I was, oh, yeah. And it was like, I was in middle school at the time. So like, I think I don't remember who I was just talking to this with, but like middle school is like the best time of your life because you're like old enough that you can do shit and you like, can, oh, yeah, you dude. know, you, you can be, you can learn about shit. You can do shit. You can go places, but you don't have to have a job. Oh, so fuck like, yeah. So like summers oh, yeah. were just nonstop awesome fun. Oh, fuck and yeah, like, dude. And you're just like meeting girls. Like that was just starting. Like yeah. it was great. Yeah, great dude. times. My, uh, I remember fucking like my summer uh, in between ninth and 10th grade was like the, that's like my like the peak. If we want to talk about like youth for me, that was like all we fucking did was like we would fucking take the bus out to Monroeville mall, walk to home Depot, fill up our backpacks with spray paint, walk out, go underneath the bridge, paint, go home and just play like Tony Hawk and like wow, listen to heavy like metal. Such a cooler. I was cooler. Than I was, yeah, you had a way. <laughs> I would ride my bicycle to the Highlands mall, which was not even a mall. It was like eight, like five stores. And there was a, trading card store there like sports cards and we'd play magic all day long. dude i had a magic streak up until up until probably about seventh or eighth grade and then i got into it a little bit after but i, I, I was playing magic it was like i started one like revised in fourth edition was a thing damn dog Woo-wee. yeah ages ago. you were yeah. in there uh-huh. huh? you were in the shit i fucking loved magic i would play magic now if i had some fucking people to play with but the yeah. game's completely different oh yeah the same i have we have cards and we play like decks that are like evenly matched for yeah, fun we'll, for yeah, us we'll build stuff out of like the spares too and but if you want to be competitive yeah. if you want to be competitive it's not fun yeah. if you have money and to I, throw at it you can just that was actually i went yeah i did some magic tournaments when i was like in seventh and eighth grade Same, I did too. and uh yeah it was like it was looking back on it i can't believe some of like the old mean people that i dealt with like i had some people that were just like straight rude to me on the table which oh, i guess it's yeah. fine but it's like i would have been like if I was like playing like a fucking 12 year old, I would have been like, okay, like whatever. Yeah. I remember yeah. I, I was exposed to a lot of older kids that way. Like, like I think I started playing Pokemon first and like, but then you saw the older high, like high school, older middle school kids playing this cooler game that was more complex. Oh, dude. So I, then I wanted to be cool and older too. Speaking of final fantasy and magic, the gathering and uh, you know, uh, just the whole concept of spoiling things. I remember very, I just had this memory. I'm just going to throw it at you specifically. The first time something got spoiled for me was actually at um, like a, it was, it was a Friday night magic or something like that, that I was at. And it was when I was just playing final fantasy seven and I was talking with my, the person I was playing against that I was playing final fantasy seven. He was like, Oh, did you get to the part where Aeris dies yet? Wow. Oh. Dude. See, I, I had was that like, long spoiled for me. And I was just like, yeah, 
G-force for that shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, That's on the crazy. inside, you're like crying. You're like, what? Yeah, dude. No! Yeah, you're probably like so getting so attached to the characters. Like, but like now, like to this day, I can't think about somebody talking about something being spoiled without thinking about that dude's fucking stupid face while I'm playing Magic the Gathering telling me about that. Oh. It's like stuck with me. That's the, the if, if to you this had day. It in the yeah, dictionary, that's, that's what it would memories, be for you. That memories like that work because that really mattered to you. You know, obviously, really mattered to you. It was just like the first time. Like, I, there's like a lot of like first times that stick with me. Like the first time I, you know, realized that that could be a thing that somebody could ruin something for you like that. Yeah. Like and having that feeling, I had never felt that before. Yeah, it's. Um, Do you remember <laughs> anything ever being spoiled for? You? I don't. I think I like it. I think I've always <laughs> liked being. I always like knowing. Well, now, things. now I'm like so jaded, and like I like Ooh. put no emotional investment towards anything that's like pop culture related. So it's like I'm like whatever. And maybe that's what it, it is. I've always, <laughs> I've always seeked it out. But yeah. And maybe, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna. Maybe that is what it is for me. Like I don't get too emotionally invested. So like if something gets spoiled, I'm like okay. But I still like to see like how we get to that point for myself. Like I want to see. I do it with myself with anime. Like I'll go ahead and be like, well, I want to know now what happens. And I know that the manga's ahead. So I'll like go ahead and like yeah. do my research. Same. But I still want to see it brought to life on the screen. Cause it's still, cause something, you know, like a picture on a page is completely different from like a moving piece, like a whole animation and everything. So it's just like more interesting for me to see it that way. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like, like someone's description is not going to, get every single detail or whatever. Totally. Or like same with the manga thing. Like I've just spoiled attack on Titan for myself. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm okay with it. I'm, I saw it. I seeked it out. I sought it out it's and like you're able to like continue watching it, but through a different lens, like almost like knowing what's going to happen or just having a better understanding of like, Oh, the story is getting to this point. So it's worth to continue watching it. Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the story beats, but like seeing it on, on screen, like can, it can be elaborated on, it can be interpreted a different way. It can be, there's a lot of ways that it can go. And it can like, that's what I'm interested in. It's like, is there going to be any more nuggets of information that I can pull from this lore? I usually get obsessed with the world and the lore and I just want to know all the little details. About sure. Sure. I can get into that. And the other thing with me and maybe both of you can relate to this is like, I watch movies and engage with things from like a behind the curtain perspective now where like I'm watching something and I'm thinking about, Oh, like how did they draw that? Or like, how did they light this shot in this movie? Like all the like nerdy technical stuff. So it's like, even if I know what happens, I'm still stoked to just watch something. Cause I, it's like, I'm still watching art, you know, and it's yeah, cool to see yeah, it yeah. unfold. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's similar. It's similar to that. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, I don't know like a whole, whole lot about like the technical side of like filmmaking and stuff like that, but it's interesting to go ahead and like pick the, and like look at those sort of things and be like, wow, this is like a cool, like this is a really great shot and da, 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 yeah. Da. And just, yeah, just appreciating, appreciating what it took to like bring these scenes and stuff to life. What about with music? Do you find yourself listening to music differently now that you've like, I definitely do that you've (laughs) like gone into that realm to me that is again, you know, kind of steering the conversation back to the two of you being, you know, musicians, rappers, creators in that world, you know, how do you engage with other music nowadays? I think, I think more, uh, I don't know. Cause more, uh, I think more so I, when I like something, like I'm really, really into something. I want to more so reverse engineer that than like 
I'm listening to something new and I'm immediately picking up on like technical things. Um, with hip hop, I think it's different, like in terms of like technical rapping or something like that. I know that I know that's a thing for you. Um, but as far as like when I hear a song or, or, or a sound, or like a musician, an artist sound that I really like, I'll, uh, I'll latch onto that and keep listening and keep listening and try to like figure out what it is that I'm really into about it and try to like find out how you do that. Like, how do you make this sound or how do you do this? And I'll ask Charlie or ask somebody who knows more about music than I do. Because <laughs> like, and then, then we talk about it and we talk about, well, how can we make that happen? Totally. Yeah. Um, I kind of, for a long time, that sort of thing, whenever it came to like listening to rap, like took precedent for me and it honestly like ruined a lot of things. <laughs> So I kind of had to like unlearn to do that and just like learn to appreciate, like learn to listen to something. And if I like it, then go then like listen to it again and like dive deeper to see what is there and what isn't there so that I can be able to appreciate it for what it is instead of what it isn't. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely try to turn that off sometimes so yeah, I can just uh, like take in a piece for what it is and then, and then like, yeah, watch it again, listen to it again, and then to figure out what it is, you know, each time again and again, get a little bit deeper with it because yeah, i fucking love 21 savage and he doesn't be rapidly rapping like almost ever but there's just something about but i just love his his energies delivery the flows that he uses and there's a lot of things about it that i like and i can genuinely just sit down and bop to it and just enjoy it yeah well i mean so. it's it's two different things in the same category you know what i mean it's like it'd be like it'd like being mad at a cookie for not being a cake yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like they're both desserts, but they're just two different things. You know, yeah, you sometimes cake, you eat cake. Yeah, like a cake, you got to really engage with the cake. You got to, you know, got to make sure you have enough space to take it in and, you know, indulge in the flavor. A cookie's just kind of like a little snack. Like, oh, I can have one or two of those real quick. But and, what but about it, a cookie cake? I was just going to say Ooh. that. You can put them together. <laughs> you, you can yeah, put them together. Sometimes you have that you fusion can. of. You like, can. There's nothing wrong with that. And that can like, create that. a whole new thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all those things are great. There ain't nothing wrong with any of those things. Yeah, all yeah, exactly. of it. Exactly. And I think if, if you open, if you, you know, keep an open mind, um, uh, that's what hap- will happen as you see these combinations of cookies and cakes and ice creams and cakes. Yeah, like, and you, those are great. I'll mode, you know, all that's great, but you ice cream cake also great. So <laughs> here's an important question. I, I love it. All right. If BB guns was a food, what would it be? <laughs> if BB guns was a food. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This is we have to like confer on this for like a moment. That's fine. Like we I got like time. Have to, I feel like it had to have to be. It have to be something that was like home, like homey, but not just like regular typical homey shit. It would have to be like some sort of like weird, insane ramen bowl. Uh, yeah, either some or like, like some sort of crazy either, burger. So, so I, yeah, wild yeah, shit. I see. I see it one of two ways. Something, yeah, like noodle based because with like our love of of Naruto shonen, <laughs> shonen animes, where ramen, everyone though. eats ramen. But uh, I would say something like you know blue collar, you know something homey. I'm a big fan of comfort food, so like you know like a 
uh, a hoagie and fries from a bar or something like that. I'm okay. a big ho- a hoagie. I'm ho- I'm Italian hoagie. I Some sort say. of a sandwich would be dope. Sandwich. Yeah. That's a goal. That's actually a goal. I want to have a sandwich. Sandwich. For us at some point. Sandwich. A nice sandwich and some bar fries. You know, nothing fancy. You know. Yeah. Just something that gets it done, and it's it's good every time. Okay. Sandwich. I'll take that. Or a sandwich. Of what kind though? We need to have, what. Yeah, yeah. You got to build this crabby patty. Uh, if we, okay. Um, hmm. You know what I'm going to say? Ham and salami. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was on, gonna when put we're some, on tour, I make ham and salami, ham and salami sandwiches, sandwiches all day. And then I put ketchup on them for me, which is that's only for me. Ham and salami. Cheese. Ketchup, cheese. Put, just standard American cheese. Usually. Yeah. And ketchup. Yeah. All right. Okay. But like without the ketchup is more normal. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't do the ketchup, man. So <laughs> do we do mayonnaise sometimes too. We'll what is mayonnaise. your condiment of choice? Miracle Whip. All right. Yeah, I mean, I like ketchup. Like I like them in you know in certain situations. But if we're gonna talk like strictly a sandwich, Miracle Whip on pretty much any sandwich. And then if Fuck, you're doing like a yes. turkey, if you're doing a turkey sandwich, throw a little bit of Dijon on there. Not okay. a whole lot, just like a few lines of the Dijon on there. Yeah, it just depends. Sometimes you want to go ahead and have like a cordon bleu sandwich, throw some honey I'm mustard so on there. I didn't eat dinner before this, and this is killing me. I haven't yeah, eaten either, about so it. I apologize in advance. You yeah, know what I mean, uh, we're doing this a little, little post work, but now we're on the topic of food. After a show, where's BB Guns going to eat? Do you got uh, a spot you like to go? Yeah, Wendy's. we do. Is no, that well, room? that or if, if it's sit down or drive through. Yeah, I guess that's a good question. If it's drive through, then yeah, we always hit that wind dog. Um, <laughs> that's a, uh, <laughs> but if it's yep, sit down, it's definitely Squirrel Hill Eaten Park or Ritter's. We could have gone to Ritter's. We've, a couple we times. went there once, twice, <laughs> it's like two or twice. Three. We go to we go to Eaten Park. But all Eaton the Park time. is the usual. Okay. We go to Eden Park usually a lot. Okay. The salad bar is cheap, but late yeah. at night it's not there. So I always forget that it's not there. So we usually go all that, you know. Yeah, and he's like, fuck. No, no. Hello, respect to the Eaton Park. I had uh, my friends on the show. I guess this probably would have been two weeks ago at this point that it aired. If not, whatever. But shout outs to Julie and Jerry from Twist of Fate Productions. They are really big on uh, going to Denny's after shows. And I told yeah, them. Yeah, we love Denny's. I don't fuck. Yeah, I really don't Den like Day. Denny's. That We're much, tor- but Denny's we, sorry. We call it Den Denny's Day. on the Denny on the road. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it's comfort. Like you sometimes with mom and pop places, it's like an unknown quantity. And like sometimes you just want something, you know what the fuck it is. You know Fair exactly enough. how many pieces of French like, toast you're going to get. It's a seven exactly or a six. Eggs. It's a six out of 10, you know, or five out of 10. But you know that it ain't a two or it ain't expensive <laughs> and you, or you know that it ain't expensive yeah. you know it's like an, a ten dollar meal i wonder i i feel like i keep talking about i keep on bringing up denny's and them on like every single episode people sponsored. are just gonna get fucking sick of it Den-Day. it was actually really funny i, I could, like denny's i just had denny's them in, cool. i had them in here the other day and I actually had the denny's logo on the tv instead of my logo for them so they felt a little more comfortable yeah, in the it's, spot. it's a funny. grand slam which is fire okay moons over my hammy lumberjack slam it's similar i got yeah. food poisoning from the moons over my hammy oh once. well then that'll change yeah, stay well, away from that'll that, change then. that'll change yeah, your life you stay away from that one, um what was it uh, what were we uh there's some- um the there's a slam burger slam burger with like an egg okay egg hash browns on it that's always solid <laughs> um 
Yeah, I don't know. They have, there's Eden a lot Park, of solid yeah. albums. Denny's yeah. Annie and Park. Yeah, Denny's isn't too bad. I'm, I, mean, I was going to say. Know, I, I'll, I'll say it. It's not that bad. It's fine. I just like asking people where they're eating. These are the important questions. I will, I'm a big fan of the salad bar at Eaton Park. So after the live stream, I went to bed. It was eight in the morning. I woke up at like four. I, th- I was like up and a little bit in between. Only thing I did that day, went to Squirrel Hill Eaton Park, got the salad bar, ate until I was about to roll out of there. Went home, went right back to bed. Hell yeah. Until work the next day. Hell yeah. <laughs> At 8 I, I fucking Slave. miss that, that. Is that Eaton Park still open 24 hours? No. They yeah. close like super late though. They close at like five. And they yeah. were no, we were there once and it was closed. It was like three. Oh, uh, was it? There? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, that used to be the goddamn spot, dude. Um, I uh, Ritter's is solid though for I, that late night tip. Yeah, Ritter's is cool. I've only been there once. I always forget that it's there. I've been there like once or twice, maybe. I just always fucking forget it's there. Yeah, so do we, but we've been now remembering. Because like all the, the DIY kids always talk about Ritter's. Yeah, I think it makes sense. If I lived in like Bloomfield or East Liberty or something, you know, I'd probably be there because it's right there. But like I'm on I'm on this side of town. I'm on the north side. So oh, yeah, it's true. A, you typically my late night spot is like the strip district per Manny's. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's probably where I'll go if it's, like, after two and I'm hungry. That's how late that place. They're open 24 hours. Wow. Yeah, the one. Yeah, the 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 strip district one. And it's, like, never crazy in there. It's always chill. And, like, the people in there are nice as hell. It's usually pretty chill. It's chill. It's nice. It's cheap. Even at sign me the fuck up. Even at its busiest, like, everybody's always, like, nice and cool. Yeah. It's impressive, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a world of difference. You know what I mean? A place could have the best food in the world or a band could be the best band in the world. But if I get like the slightest breeze of attitude, I'm like, ah, fuck them. I don't care how good you are at what you do. You know what I mean? That's the wildest thing ever. I think we, um, I think that's even like a thing more so this day and age, especially with like music people and stuff. It's like, they used to be, I know even for me, like that I was used to be real big on trying to separate like the artist from the person because you know, like if someone made something great, they made something great. There's nothing I can do about it, you know? But at the same time, it's sometimes we have to really look at that and be like, no, I can't, yeah, I can't do that. That's man. the same thing. With, that's the same thing with me. Like, uh, a, an easy example that comes to mind right now that may not resonate with either of you would be the, there's a metal band called as LA dying. Are you I remember them. I'm familiar with I remember them, them back in the day, but well, I know they've been active since the, the vocalist went to prison because he put a hit out on his wife. Yeah, I remember that. I've I read this. And then he got caught. Weren't they like a Christian? Yeah. Metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal band? yeah. 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 Uh, and he got Shit. caught and he went to jail and now he's out of jail and the band's back together and they're touring. And there's a lot of people that are really excited because a lot of people really like that band. And I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. They're, they but, were a wait, band. It was but tr- for me, it's like there are enough other bands in that genre that like I don't need to give them money or my attention. And also, how am I supposed to take any of your value seriously? How's he given, in prison already? But also, I mean, because nothing hmm. actually happened. It was, you know, oh, he, they found out before. Yeah, 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 he didn't act, so yeah, 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 like, yeah. Aha, got you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, I mean, okay. yeah, he didn't actually kill anybody. He just put the hit out and then, you know, it was fine. It all got, you know, it got uh, it got found out before it was too late. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I do believe also I'm coming no from harm, no foul, I guess. you know, coming from the perspective of, uh, you know, I think everybody deserves like there should be a, a path to forgiveness for for people. But I just don't think that like I 
personally am gonna be have any interest ever in supporting him in his artistic endeavors regardless of like whatever path he's on now i just don't care there's enough other art that i can support from people that are way better yeah i'd say it's a reason to cancel somebody yeah like everybody has a line like it's up to the individual to determine what your line is you know like if that's what it is for some people obviously there are people that were like it was like, oh, well, you know, like nothing actually happened, whatever, whatever. Like if that's how they feel, then so be it. Yeah, you know? it just but I, couldn't, a, I couldn't do it either. It says a lot about yourself as a person, I think, to like know that somebody did that and then still want to like, I don't know. I guess you could forgive them. But for me, it's just like, I don't know. It's just kind of corny. I think it, I think he has like kids and shit. And it's just like, damn, like that sucks. You yeah, know what I mean? Like wild shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just, it just says a lot about your character. I, I think it can depend on your relationship. I think with an artist or, or a person, you know, like I think about Kanye for me and mm, that's uh, a big one. I, know I we, wonder, I wonder like, what is the line? What could he do that? I'm like, no, I'm not going to listen to your next album, even if it's good. Because I think everything he's made is good. But, you know, there's going to come a day where he's going to do something wild. And if he makes a, if it's still a good, good album, and, you know, I, I have to make a judgment call. You know, it's apparently it's not MAGA hat. Apparently it's not whatever. And, like, I hate, obviously, I, you know, I hate all that shit. Um, but, like, he still, I loved what he made after that. <laughs> and it just, like, washed it all away. And, you know, uh, I don't know what what where's the line where is the line and I would say putting a hit on your wife is that's pretty that's the line yeah that's definitely over that line that, that was the thing for me the line was like oh you know you're preaching this message through your music and then in your real life you're a 180 not saying that everybody is who they are in their art but for me in that position, I just felt like, like it was a, just yeah, it was so a mur- like, attempted no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's just, a complete one. It's just like, attempted it, murderer. It's just like, it's like corny. You know what I mean? It's like how it's much and like baffling. metals, like, you know, you figure like a, a front man and a metal band. There's like kind of like a, a sense of like power and real like, yeah. Like, and if you're, you know, spreading this positive message with that power there, there's there's great responsibility in that. I think it's called especially for like younger people that are listening to it. Yeah. And then in your real life to be like, Oh, I can't handle my problems enough to talk something out. I need to attempt to murder somebody regardless of like whatever's going on in your headspace. I just don't think that like he should be back and forgiven on, you know, like just, whatever it's just not for me oh i certainly don't dis i uh, certainly it's just not for me I, I think i'm just speaking more to anybody out there that might be listening to this that is like yeah i like as only dying it's like okay whatever cool do you have fun at the show or whatever but it's just like ugh, cult, not for me cult I, personality i'm also not going to you know shove my viewpoints down anybody's throat anybody could do whatever the they could do whatever the fuck they want but objectively the right one in my opinion but yeah yeah, yeah. ask me you're on the right side of history (laughs) (laughs) well word i appreciate that but you know it's it's whatever so now let's uh pivot using a a a trendy word let's pivot back to bb guns let's talk about you know metalcore bands with shitty people uh let's talk, yeah, to, talk so about, that's our wheelhouse yeah let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about something a little bit more relevant uh so as i've mentioned before you've been on the show we talked about your history and all of those things but you do have a new album out yeah. so let's take a quick moment to just plug that album and let people know you know where they can find it and what it's called it's called help yourself it's on everything 
There you go. <laughs> That's, there you have it. That's that. And yeah. You, you collaborated with a, a pretty decent handful of producers on this project. Let's talk about them. Oh, th- three. I think it was three. It was actually less than the last one. Okay. Um, Hyke Keach, Logan sound and Charlie Scott. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, we worked. <laughs> There's both. a couple of accompaniments. Um, well, yeah, like some people helped out with like guitars and stuff. We had like for certain tracks, we'd have players come in. Um, and then like Shea Park, Melanadon and hubs for the featured vocalists. It's pretty sweet. Cool. <laughs> I think it's better than the last one. Yeah. For what I, it's worth. We had talked a little bit on the live stream after my set about the album just a bit. And you had mentioned that you felt that this project was a lot more focused than thirst was in terms of like a cohesive sound or body of work. Yeah, I'd say so. Even like there's still like the variants, like, you know, there's still the dance tracks and there's still like there's a couple slow jams, you know, but yeah, I think the sounds are cohesive. I think we're more confident with the our ideas um, and the choices that we're making much more than we were in the last one. It's kind of wild how long it could take to really find that voice. And I know that, I mean, even with, you know, the two of you, you kind of went through, you know, a little bit of a journey just to get where you are now musically trying to figure out, you know, like, Oh, we're doing rap stuff and then we're going to do this, uh, indie rock sample based project. You know what I mean? And I think that really ended up defining a lot of your sound in the long run. Yeah, it really, if did. you wouldn't have done that, um, that would have been what, when you were going under the name lazy Blackman. that yeah, was yeah, the rock the, lobster, the rock lobster EP yep. or LP. How many was it, that an LP? It was first, was an EP, it was an EP was an originally. And then we turned it into a full album. After okay. That. All right. Or a mixtape. It was yeah. a mixtape. I feel like I remember it as EP, but whatever. It was EP yeah. originally. Okay. It was because ha- we <laughs> yeah. put it out in two halves. Okay, yeah. But when we the second half came out, we just repackaged it as one long yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, that that definitely is what set the, the like we figured that out that that was what worked for us, and now we just been trying to find that, but with original music. Um, how can we recreate that with original stuff and then adding our own things to it too? Yeah. And with, you know, all this time spent now over the years together, what do you think is one of the biggest things that, you know, the two of you have learned from each other with working together over the course of like these, we'll, we'll, we'll say three projects, even though only two are BB guns. I would consider like rock clubs, yeah, rock clubs to like a BB guns it. project. It's part of the know? lore. It's yeah. definitely a part of the lore. Yeah. Proto thirst. Um, yeah. So like, what have you two learned about like working with each other and how do you like maintain a healthy relationship? Cause I think that's a, you know, a really hard thing for people <laughs> in bands. This is a trap question. Um, <laughs> no, we just, um, I know for me, it's just, I have to go ahead and make sure that just hold things down on my end going ahead and making sure that I'm like taking the time to really, what it, whatever it is, whatever ideas that I present, whatever verses that I present, whatever parts, whatever is just like, I really go ahead and think them out, plan them out and just have like something that's like a tangible idea. Not just like, Oh yeah, I want to go ahead and fucking do this. Well, but I don't even know if I can do it yet. So it was just like really going ahead and bringing that to the table. Uh, yeah, just uh, figuring out the division of labor and, and the roles and yeah, we've, we've, kind of fell into roles for sure. Uh, and, and it's, there's a lot of, you know, we trust each other with what we, with what we do. And, um, yeah, I don't know. 
it's, it definitely can be hard at times for sure. Um, it can definitely get rough. Um, but, but I think that we're able to, to get through it because of the, we know each other so well. Um, yeah, I think that is honestly the biggest thing is that we're, we've been friends for so long and we know each other so well. We know like idiosyncrasies. He knows when I'm freaking out too, you know, sometimes I'm freaking out and I need to just be let alone. Or if I know like, you know, when to, you know, get involved with him or whatever. It's just, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to actually know the people that you are working with in a band or any, any, any environment, but we'll stick to just band talk because that's what we're dealing with right now. And just know like the nuance of like what's going on in their lives. Like know like what's actually happening with them outside of the project. That way, you know, you know how to communicate with them and you know how to navigate things when like, like you're nagging somebody about something, you know what I mean? Maybe, you know, Oh, maybe I shouldn't nag them because they're going through X, Y, or Z or, you know, A, B or C. Yeah, that's just definitely actually just like, you know, keeping in touch with each other. Yeah. A a freak out whenever someone has like something going on is far different than someone just freaking out to freak out. Cause it can be like, all right, well, I know that you're going, I know that you're going through something. So like, I'm not going to bug out, but I need to make sure that I like tell you what it is and what it isn't yeah, the right yeah. way and knowing how to communicate knowing how to communicate with each other knowing how to communicate with people in general picking, the right way is very important yeah. and picking and choosing picking and choosing when to go ahead and like play your cards and like say something and when to just like leave it alone that's also like crucial find a better opportunity yeah because like i know sometimes i want to say address stuff like as soon as it's happening and sometimes that's not the way if you know you gotta let things you gotta find a good time to talk about it <laughs> you gotta let people breathe sometimes now with the two of you and being like a hip-hop duo does practice factor into what you do do you have like a band practice do you ever like run the set no never we never over, only with new songs when we have a new song we had we practice it you know so the first time isn't terrible but we usually gig <laughs> we usually so much that shows our practice yeah we yeah. gig so much the shows become rehearsal um and I think if you're, you know, playing shows a lot, that it's just a routine. Um, and in uh, introducing new songs into the set, absolutely needs to be practiced. And we thought that we didn't need to do that. And we've had we've we've had sets with new songs, and they were terrible. Um, I think with our release show last year at Karma, that we could have probably rehearsed the songs better. And and I don't like. I feel like uh, now the what we the, now the way we perform them songs is so much better than when we when they first came out. You know. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that was an impression of people well, to some people. That's the thing that like I caught myself being a, a fellow rapper. If anybody doesn't know, I I've rapped from time to time. Anybody out there? Hi Sykes in the new violence. Check us out. Um, I like that plug. Yeah, it was completely unnecessary and totally masturbatory, but I, um, one thing that I caught myself doing was something really similar and then thinking about, how it was different when I was playing in bands because it's like, you know, we won't even record a song until we fucking have like rehearsed it and rehearsed it and rehearsed it and you learn it and you learn it and you know it and you know it. And it's like, if you were to even like record, re-record some of your verses from like thirst or fucking rock lobster. Now think about all the different nuance and inflection that would be in it. That would, that would be like, like it would sound so sick. And I feel like that's a problem that a lot of people in the hip hop community have is that they don't, allow themselves the opportunity get, to like to get comfortable to with it, get comfortable and really learn the songs because for one band practice just isn't a thing that we do. And two, 
it's all about got to get it out now. Got to get it out fast. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. You don't even have time to really like learn and like become comfortable with the material. I, I think we've, we definitely are aware of that. We, we, with songs that we really like, we try to start performing before we record them. And I think what happens is we stop performing them for a period while the song's being mixed and recorded and it's sitting, it's not done. And then by the time we are ready to introduce it, it's, we, we forgot all that. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. so like we definitely are aware of that. Like I know how our, our performance is something that people seem to like. So we want to like cap, make sure we're capturing that energy in our deliveries um, in the recordings. It's so hard. I find also because you know, you guys have a very, um, like a very raw and energetic performance. Yeah. And it can be really hard to capture that in the studio environment without it, you know, sounding super sterile. Yeah. And like, just, what are some of the things that you've done to maybe combat that? I think thirst, we, that is a weakness in some cases. Uh, but with the new stuff, I think that's what we try. We like what I just was saying. We try to like perform a little, perform the songs a little bit. Obviously, we can't do that with everything. Yeah, um, we definitely didn't do that with anything. But just like yeah, practicing before recording. Like that's what I say to. I think we have a, we had started a rule last time where it was like you need to be able to say your verse off the top of your head without looking at your sheet. Oh fuck yeah! And dude. if you are that rehearsed, then you have the nuances down. It helps a lot yep. because you're like you you're if you're into it that much, then you can act. And that's what I add like the, say I always say like the acting part yeah. of it and being um, and being able to record verses without having to like chunk it out. Like it's always been a huge pet peeve of mine when I listen to recordings and I could tell that like they've recorded like bars at a time because you can hear like the breaths coming in and out. It's like, oh God, this sounds, it just sounds so corny to me. A lot of people won't even notice it, but like I can tell. I can hear it. A lot of people that do that just like make sure they pay that extra money to their engineer. Make sure they sound like extra, extra good. Yeah, we we only use that as a that's a last resort if we're like that's been a rule for plugging away. Sometimes it could sound cool on a song, depending if if it's intentional and you're like doing something with an effect, or maybe you're panning the voices out. Like you could do cool things with it. Yeah, so I don't want to like I don't want to poo poo anybody. You know, saying like in terms of production, I think you could do a lot of cool things where things like that aren't necessary. But at the same time, I do definitely agree that you know do that verse. Don't have to look at a piece of paper and just like be able to just like really let loose on the mic. And that's the best way you're going to be able to get like a really raw organic performance. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so you think it's not like when people are, well, maybe some people, but in bands, it's not like they're like looking at every single little note on sheet music when they're playing, you know what I mean? Chances are they probably know the fucking shit unless yeah, they're like yeah. hired guns. Well, yeah. that, that's something. Sorry. I have one more thing. So sorry. Um, the, working with players um i didn't realize how like much people needed need to rehearse to like they can't just come over we write we write a part together and they can just record it perfectly <laughs> right then and there like yeah. usually like we come up with a part they go home they work out the kinks they practice it they come back and even then like sometimes we were ha- we it takes a lot of takes like i thought it would be easier than rapping <laughs> i thought it wouldn't take as many takes but like the timing of things that's a big thing um and trying that's something we were messing with is like different rhythms sometimes not having like a consistent loop the whole time through. Um, and it was hard. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I find that it could be really, really hard to conform to something that you didn't write yourself. You know what I mean? Like if you are starting a song 
or a beat or whatever yourself. Um, it's like you understand the rhythm in a way that's like ingrained in you because it came from you. But if you're a player playing on, you know, a set of chords and progressions that somebody else wrote, you know, unless it just happens to like naturally jive with something you would do, it could be really weird just feeling that nuance to like lock yourself into the beat, like locking yourself into somebody else's spiritual rhythm. It's complicated at times. No, I guess I'm learning that from the other perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's wild because like the more and more control we want to have over things, I, we have to rely on other people to do it and um, to like interpret those ideas. And it's it's cool and you're, we're learning a lot all the time. But also need to know when like I'm asking for stuff that people you know either need more time to figure out or they just can't do. Yeah, it's uh, I I like to use the uh, you always want to make sure that the people that you are asking to collaborate with that they are the right people for what you want to do. Oh, huh? You know what I mean? Uh, it's like I, a, that's something I ran into a lot being like, younger. Like you want, I want like a foot, like an indie rock, like distorted guitar, like power chord riff. And like, I got like this funky shredding guy and yeah, like, he just doesn't play just like not what that. he does. Yeah. I'm asking, it's like a fork and a spoon. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Fork and a spoon. So now with everything that you guys do, we've, if you don't know, it's pretty uh, genre isn't something that's a huge focus, I think, for BB guns nope. um, in terms of the music that you produce or the bands that you play with. And what I'm really curious about is like how you feel about genre based communities, because even if like you yourself don't really you know, play ball in any, on any particular team, it's really easy to kind of get wrapped up in somebody else's team and then still get stuck in a bubble. And you know, what have you guys done or what, or are you stuck in a bubble? I was going to ask like, what have you done to maybe try to avoid that? Or have you found yourselves kind of being in a bubble, but sometimes being in a bubble isn't always a bad thing. I mean, being in a bubble isn't a bad thing if it works for you. Yeah. Like if you're the hottest, if you're the hottest act in the, if you're the hottest act in the metal scene, you're the hottest act in the metal scene. And if that works for you and you can live off of that and get what you need out of it, then so be it. But, um, just like us being how we are, like we're just very like eclectic guys to begin with. Like it's very important to try to balance things out and try not to do like, even with doing shows, like not do too much of one thing over a course of time. Like if we need to not, maybe not do so many like DIY house shows. If we know that we have like one or two coming up, we should maybe, maybe we should go ahead and skip this one. So we're not like oversatching ourselves mm-hmm. over here. Maybe we should do this show that's over here instead and just try to like balance that out as far as the scheduling and things goes. Yeah, it's trying to have a good rotation of different doing stuff in different scenes. But at the same time, like I find us wanting that. I know I want to have our cake and eat it too, where I don't want to be labeled as one thing, but I want to be a part of the hip hop scene. Like I wish I was consider. I wish that we were considered a part of that collect the group because we, you know, we play with them sometimes when we like them. Um, but like also, we actively don't play with them a lot yeah, too. So like. I, I can relate. Yeah, I know. You can. <laughs> um, but uh, and like they all know us and they like us and whatever. But at the same time, like I, they, people identify us as something else. And I don't know if it's always because of the sound or if it's because of our choices of how we play shows. Yeah. Uh, no. 
Mr. Bars, you yes. had referenced playing house shows. And I wanted to talk with the two of you about, you know, the use of alternative space for shows in DIY venues and how that affects you. Because much like myself, it's like, you know, sometimes if you're just a punk band, you could play pretty much wherever and it's going to be fine. But for us, if we play a place and it has like half of a PA hanging by a thread, it could be like the end of our set. When you find yourselves in an environment like that, do you just kind of roll with it or do you get stressed out by it? Like, how do you handle those situations in alternative venue spaces? Both. <laughs> I definitely get anxious. I, well, I assume, I assume if they booked us, they have what we need. Sometimes that's a really all, bad assumption. No, that sometimes that's not always the case. I make sure I bring, you know, mics and XLRs, but, you know, and like our cords to hook up with things to, to whatever. Um, like, we just played a garage. Uh, and it had just two PAs. There was no mixing board. So we could only plug like one mic into each PA. The music could only come through like one yeah, side. Yeah, the music only came, music through, came one through one PA. side. And then there's and only then, vocals on the other side. And it was like my vocals and the music off of one speaker. It was Yeah, wild. so wow. what we did is we pushed the PAs to the middle of the room. Okay. So that like the least Every, they were coming All the sound together. was coming from the same spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So at least like it wasn't like jarring. Because like people have suggested that before and it was weird. Because you could just hear a voice off to the side. Uh-huh. Um, but you, you got to roll with the punches too. You know, you, that's what you, you sign up for. Uh, yeah. Especially if you're on that, uh, you know, that indie grind, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, we can do whatever it is we can do to be prepared on our end. Like, like how JP said, like we'll go ahead and bring mics and cables and XLRs and everything that we can, but it's not like we, at the same time, or do y'all really want us to go ahead and like lug like the whole niner? Yeah, around all the time, like at least have like a little. Yeah, I got a. I, I bought a couple uh, eighteen-inch PA speakers. Yeah, for us to have. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was just gonna say, I know like High Keech and them, uh, and like Mister and like people. Yeah, they bring, they yeah, have their own stuff. whole like they bring a board and two PA's on the road just in case. Yeah, because um, they have it. Um, but it'd be nice because like, if you're in that situation, you know, no, I'm good. Yeah, I think just, that the, the, the other thing that's cool about that too that I've found just from the time that I've had it is, okay, it's like, well, you know the speakers, you know the gear, you know exactly where everything needs to be set. So you know it's going to sound good because you know what it sounds like and you know too. what you need. So you just, it's just a matter of the biggest barrier to entry is just buying the shit. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then you got to have the space to the haul. haul it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we but, have a tiny car. Yeah. Our, our tour car is tiny. It's good on gas. <laughs> that's what's most important. Yeah, it's yeah, great that's on the, gas. That's the exchange. But it's great on gas. Can't lug anything yeah. except the essentials. Again, though, I think that it really just rewind the conversation. And one of you early had just, I mean, we, I think we all touched about, touched on about communication and how that's important. And I think it's just a matter of communicating with the people that are running these shows beforehand and just getting an idea of what you're getting into yeah that's also a big part of it is like trying to get the lay of the land do some recon so you can know what it is and what it isn't because then like if if there's ever a case you do that and if there's a case where you find out where someone doesn't really have like what you need then maybe that's the chance for you to either be like okay well i still want to do this let me see if maybe i can like know someone and i can like make this happen and we could just like bring some gear with us yeah or maybe it's just like you know we don't have the gear if you don't have it then you don't even have to waste someone else's time then they can just go ahead and you can nip it in the butt early before it even becomes a yeah issue. i should probably do that more often honestly 
like like yeah, making sure they have stuff. I, they, I think sometimes places assume because it's rapid, it'll be easy. Um, and then they don't, or like just cause it's a laptop that it'll be easy. And sometimes it's harder than, yeah, I think we talked about that on the, on your live stream. We were, we had this, I know I had this communicate this conversation recently and I think it was us. I think yeah, we had talked about this just about how like sometimes your the levels of your beats aren't quite accurate or the same. So people oh, will yeah. walk away. Yeah. That's why. Cause I said that, yeah, our, our, our all of our instrumentals aren't mastered the same. So like a sound person will be like, Oh, I fixed her levels. So the, the first song they sit for the first song. It's good. And they walk away for the rest of the set. And then like things go off, you know, things can get different and then it sucks. Yeah. It, it, that always bugs me, but I guess I've never worked sound, you know, 24 seven at a venue. And I'm sure that, some of those dudes are happy to have a break or whatever. Yeah. But, still, yeah, still, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's, it's your fucking job to sit behind the board. Just make sure things are fine. Yeah. It happens more t- to us at DIY venues, not like local ones, but on tour. And it's happened once a year at a, at a place that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but it, it's happened on tour a few times. Yeah. Um, I remember we played in Chicago once and, they, the sound man did exactly that like sound guy it was just they lived there it was like a hostel that was an apartment it was some wild progressive ass shit but anyways <laughs> the guy the guy would like set our sound and just walked away and he's like you guys are good and then the, everything was fucked nothing worked i had to get like fix everything essentially and i didn't know what i was doing i'm sorry that happened he had honestly those situations though i've learned how to run sound because of it that's good to know. Yeah. Still, like now I've, cause I there used to be times skills. you just get thrown into the deep end with a, with a box of cords and they're just like, here you go. Figure it out. It's happened multiple times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to name any names, but there is a vent. Uh, there was a place in Pittsburgh and it is like a more commercial venue. Like they book stuff at their place and that's what they do. They hand you a, like, there's a closet with PAs in it and they hand you a box of cables and a board and they say, go have fun set up. Yeah, you and just have to figure it you, out and you run your own sound for your own set during your set. Okay. Tight. And you have to put it all away, which we, which, <laughs> which we did not do. We did not do drew the, oh, man. Drew the line. It's like, so we'll build it, but we're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna put it back. This, this would actually, this actually segues into a really great question that I had for the two of you. Um, you know, and this would be the balance of business and party. Like, you know, like how do you mullet? How do you handle <laughs> business in the front uh-huh. party in the back? All so right. Next if, question. If BB guns was a haircut. You'd be a mullet. <laughs> next question. <laughs> That's how you balance like a, it, baby. Like a Jerry Curl mullet, though. Like that's, that's how you balance it. it. Yeah, but no, but like... I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, no, it's fine. It was, it was totally worth it. But it's just a matter of like, how do you balance, you know, situations like that and still having a good time? And then on the flip, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff, like, you know, uh, setting up shows, tours, setting up, getting albums released, uh, all those sort of things. Like that, just that just balance of business and party. How does it... How do you guys deal with all that? We don't really party and it's kind of a, can be a problem on the road. Yeah. yeah, That's probably the, uh, that's probably the thing that like kicks us in the ass. Yeah, for sure. At least on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we play at a house that is a party house and like Mm. the show is a party, like there's a venue and there's a space for the venue, you know, bands and everything. And that's all cool. But when the show stops, the party don't. 
and everybody like wants you to be a part of it. Well, and when you're or on tour, you just can't even sleep. Well, when yeah, yeah, exactly. When you're on tour, usually you're staying at the house at the house venue. So, um, so yeah, you're fucked. So you fucked. You don't get to sleep. You are you're up all night. God forbid if people are doing you know cocaine or something. Sure, <laughs> like it's just you're screwed. We one time we were at a place. We just had to walk. We went to a diner, a twenty four hour diner. We ate. We sat. We went back. It was still going. We end up sleeping, sleeping in, slept in the car in a tiny ass car in the fetal position. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was honestly that there was a band that there was another touring band that also played at this spot, and they tried to trooper it out. I sleep on the floor. So they were sleeping on the floor in the mid, in the yeah. living room in the middle of this party. Still going. There's, there's people raging around them. They all have like headphones in, and on top of that, there is a band playing in the basement. Like there's just some people like just jamming people in the basement. They were just like yeah, they're just jamming after the show. Like, oh, I'm gonna play with the drums after the show. And so every time there's like a bass hit or like a drum just got hit in period, this one kid is just like twitching. He I felt wins. so bad. Yeah, he's like, like it looked like something that you would see in like a war, like a World War II war movie oh, where people no. are still shelling, but then. Someone's yeah, just like just trying to sleep, but they're just like, oh yeah, it was, uh, dude, it was wild. It was a, not a fun night. I mean, it was a really fun show, and we had like yeah, we're going back. We're going back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, it was a good. We're not hating. It was a good time, but yeah. those are just that's some things that we have to. Those are things that we've had to learn how to like deal with because that's not how we roll. Especially like having you know daytime jobs are we're not wired for nightlife. You know, we we get up. He works earlier. I work at eight. You know, eight to four. Um, I'm not used to staying up till three in the morning, five in the morning, three in the morning. Yeah. If I did more of the 24 hour live streams, I'd be good at it. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's, I, I that's the same thing. It happens a lot, especially with Gray Walker when we're on the road, mm-hmm. um, because we've just been in positions where people are like, you know, what's going on after what's going, you know, what are you doing? Or people invite us to stay at their places, but it's like, we always get hotels. I can't, and, we can't afford that. And it's just like, because I guess having that many people would be easier, a little bit easier. It's easier. And, um, I mean, we're just fortunately, we're in a fortunate position with gray Walker where like the band can pay for it. But, um, we just, we, but, but since we are paying for hotels, we really make money on <laughs> like coming back as a band. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, all, yeah. it's all like a whole lot of breaking even from guarantees and stuff like that. But for us, it's like we're all in our fucking thirties and we don't feel like just being at some house that we don't know, you know, stuck on couches or on floors and things like that. And it's just, it just sucks for oh, us. Yeah. No I would love to, I would love to be, to get like to that I, the guarantee yeah, level. Like I can handle it personally. I don't mind it. And it's, it's definitely happened with Sykes more than enough times. But yeah, with uh with the Grey Walker stuff and just being in like having four other dudes and then whoever else is with us like all mm. on the road. It's, yeah, like, it's no. so hard to get everybody to be like, yo, you want to sleep in this stranger's house? It's like, oh, fuck that. When like even the people that you you tour with like have different schedules. Like we just toured with the Zells and like we wanted to go to bed after the show and like they're watching TV and blasting the TV until like yeah, the, they're uh, early in the morning. Not raging. They're just chilling like, you know, yeah, not raging. Yeah, really, they're just but. chilling. But like the, the TV's blasting. They're uh-huh. all having fun. They see that we're trying to sleep. <laughs> But then, and I was like, God damn. But luckily I have like this superpower. I can like sleep like under any condition. Yeah, he's good at sleeping. Like, I can, not. like that, that night in particular, whenever he's talking about, I had, I didn't even like bust out my pillow and my blanket. I just like put it like behind me, like behind my head. 
and just like got comfy enough and was just like and he can shut down like a <laughs> android like he can turn off like a, like hell yeah, yeah i can just uh, turn yeah. all the way off and then just wake up in the morning like I, all right, I, you ready let's go <laughs> i do find that the more we do it the easier it gets like i'm not as like picky about how i sleep as i used to be um just because of having to sleep on full random floors or through sounds I, I used to be a very light sleeper and I get I'm about much better about it. Yeah. I can also sleep through pretty much anything. So I'm with you. So jealous. Yeah, it's a great power to have in situations. So I'd like, I part of me used to like hate it. Cause I would like have like, I'd be like at home with like, a, with like a girl or something. And that'd be like, watch a movie. And I'd end up just being like, and pfft, and then I'm just out. Like just anybody, yeah. Like, and nothing can like ever Mr. happen. Bean. Like you just fall asleep. Yeah. Like I've, if it's like, if it's like dark out and uh, you put on a movie for me, cause I was just, I'm so used to doing it over the years of watching movies to fall asleep. Yeah. Like if I'm comfortable enough, I'll just, and just okay. pass right out. Easy. Okay. No questions asked. I always have a really, really hard fucking time falling asleep. But once I'm asleep, I have a really hard time waking up. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Once I start pushing 24 hours of like being awake, that's whenever it really starts to get like, okay, my body's like, you need to just like shut down like right yeah, now. It's I could do that shit bad. when I was younger. I can't do it now. I like, Hell no. I'm up for like 20 hours and like my throat starts hurting. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like my whole body's like, nope, nope, nope. I'm just I just know I'm ready for sleep like, yeah. I can do it but then as soon as I can get to my bed I'll just walk right in and just lay on it and go right to sleep I can for at least six I can stay up late if I know the light of the light at the end of the tunnel of my bed is going to be there but on tour you don't have that this is just like the anxiety of I'm going to have to roll the dice again tomorrow night like I didn't get sleep this night tomorrow night I hope I get some sleep and then tomorrow night comes and it's you know a weird situation and you don't get to sleep either that night yeah it sucks um, uh, I can't wait till we get to if if and when we get to a point where we can have at least a hotel I, I thought about um, getting we got I got a tent I oh, thought yeah. about if in like an emergency like finding some kind of like I don't know where you can go if like there's parks or something and just popping that shit up and going to bed right there instead of having to deal with the party fucking. Yeah, we were uh, so with Gray Walker, we're real big on the hot wire deals. We use hot wire pretty much all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, got yeah. You. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's always like, you know, you can get like a we get fucking, you know, really, really nice rooms and it's only like 75 bucks for the night. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we, we did get a motel once in Kent- a show in Kentucky and it was a horrible was a place. Experience. The AC was broken. Yeah, uh, motels can be rough. Yeah, it was rough. It was a for pet. It was a pet friendly motel. So everything just stank like dog <laughs> and it was under construction too. So it was like, yeah, it was it's probably perpetually under construction. It was like oh, yeah. $40 though for the night. Uh, yeah. Then I know for me that night, the light at the end of the tunnel was like, oh, well, you know what? They're going to have like a little like freaky dink, whatever, whatever, complimentary breakfast. So I was like, all right. So maybe I'll no, at least be able to wake up and like get like an apple and a cup of coffee and at least be like a decent, like not even a great cup of coffee, just like a decent cup. Yeah. It was like worst bagel. cup of coffee I ever had. <laughs> all They probably, they only went to Walmart and bought one thing of fucking miniature pastries because they were all they, fucking and gone. They, and they were like, they, the they, fruit was a little sus. Like yeah, it was bruised fruit. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was just like. I, I need to go somewhere to get a fucking cup of coffee and something to eat. This is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Shout outs to Denny's. 
Dende. <laughs> that Dende. That Dende will Dende heal you. Dende yeah. will heal you. Yo, speaking at lights at the end of tunnels, you know, we hit our hour. So I think we're going to be wrapping up here. No. BB guns. Help yourself. It's available now. Smell yourself. On, you know, the internet. On uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, all of it, YouTube, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. SoundCloud, Bandcamp. If you listen to music on it, it's probably there. Yeah, so so go so go help yourself to some tasty treats of funky beats. Hey, I like that. And uh, is there anything that you two would care to plug before we you know pull the plug? We'll be doing a collaboration for um the second Fresh Fest in Pittsburgh this oh, year. Oh fuck, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, at all. I was yeah. just yeah. thinking about that. Well, here it is. We're gonna do. A, we'll do a quick plug. Yeah, we're doing a collab with a Mindful Brewing. Um, Fresh Fest, August tenth. Yep, August tenth. Come on out. Drink our. Come find us. Drink some of our beer. Tell if it's a trap. If it's trash or not. You know what I mean? Do you know what kind of beer you're gonna do yet? I think it's it's, a, it's citrusy. I know that, and it's like a little. It's lighter. I don't know. I don't know anything I think else. They said it'll be like that. a grapefruit base. We're actually going wise. there tomorrow. Okay, to cool. Meet with them. Yeah, to cool. really hash it all out. Awesome, awesome. So that catch them at Fresh Fest August tenth. Shout outs to Dave Bracy. The and, guy. Uh, yeah, he's a good dude. Shout outs to Ed too, and everybody else on the Fresh Fest crew. Um, yeah, and I guess that's pretty much about it. All right, and that is all folks thanks so much for listening hope you enjoyed the conversation jp bars bb guns one more time make some noise for them hey. i'll be back again next week with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 2019 Woo woo! thanks for listening yeah Cool. That's it. We did it. Work.